Hello, friends. How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? At our end, we are doing great. Um, also, we're in Mali, and our featured dish is called fakoye. Huh. Oh, I actually assumed it was fakoye. Now that you're saying fakoye, I'm not sure which one it is. I feel like I'm pronouncing it fakoye because I'm Yoruba, and it also sounds like a Yoruba <laughs> word. Okay. Um, so, and I'm thinking it's fakoye because it's French. So I guess you and you're more familiar me. with French words. So yeah. I guess okay. Well, oh, not French. Okay. Well, not French, French, but like they speak French in Mali. So, I, so it's I, probably Fakoye. I don't know, but let us know, viewers, which one it is. If you know, if it's Fakoye or Fakoye, because right now I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm just I'm using my Yoruba brain to pronounce it, so I'm going to need some correction. So what's gonna happen is as we talk. I will most likely say Fakoye <laughs> and Ijoma will say Fakoye. Oh, this is going to be fun. We're talking about exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's our proverb from Mali. The hyena chasing two antelopes at the same time will go to bed hungry. Jay. I know it's rough. In other words, it's not always great to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Focus on one thing and do your best at it. At least that's what I think it means. Division of labor and specialization. Everybody, economics 101. I remember that. (laughs) So now let's tell you a little bit about the country. Mali is a landlocked country in Western Africa. It is surrounded by Algeria, Niger, Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Guinea, Senegal, and Mauritania. It has a population of 90 million people. It became a French colony in the 1800s and its official language is French. The largest city in Mali is also its capital city and it's called Bamako. Present-day Mali is part of the Great Mali Empire that existed between the 13th and 17th century. The empire included present-day Mali, the Gambia, Senegal, Guinea-Bissau, and Côte d'Ivoire, as well as parts of Ghana, Burkina Faso, Mauritania, and Niger. The most famous emperor of the Mali Empire is Mansa Musa, who is recognized today as one of the richest people of all time. That man was golded up. Yeah, I've honestly like when I was reading about different historical figures, he's Mm. one that has really stood out. Yeah, because of just how much money he had. Yeah, (laughs) lots of money. (laughs) Uh, Mali is also home to the historic city of Timbuktu. I remember when I first found out that Timbuktu was a place, I was quite shocked because I would hear it all the time. They can hear you all the way in Timbuktu. Are you going to Timbuktu? I thought it was an expression. Yeah. Now that you say it, I didn't think it was real. I know. I almost feel like there must have been a movie, and someone correct me, I feel like there must have been a movie mm-hmm. where some Westerners were exploring somewhere in Timbuktu or something, but I can't remember. I almost feel like I watched something like that growing up. But I can't remember now, I'm just rambling. Anyway, okay, it's, 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 not, it's, not that, it's not an impossible place you can get to. You can fly to Mali, you can go to Timbuktu, so it's a real place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The food you find in Mali is similar to things we've already talked about. There are grains like millet and rice, a lot of leafy vegetables you can make into soups and sauces. You can find chicken, lamb, beef, and goat. And like many West African countries, there's peanut sauce made with pure, unsweetened peanut butter. In Mali, it is called Tigwadegena. There's also yasa. Yasa is actually found in both Senegal and Mali. It is made with mustard, onions, and lemon and marinated fish or chicken. So let's tell you a little about the featured dish, fakoy. Fakoy is a sauce made from dried and ground jute or koret leaves. Jute is a green leafy vegetable and it goes by different names depending on where you are. In parts of North Africa and in the Middle East, you might hear it called molokia. In West Africa, the Yoruba people call it ewedu and in Ghana, it's called ayoyo. Fakoy can be made with different kinds of meat, but it's often made with lamb. 
So jute leaves, or as my people say, ewedu. Okay. <laughs> they are very nutritious and high in iron, zinc, potassium, vitamin B6, and vitamin A. It is usually really green, so it has a very dark green color. Mm-hmm. And the leaves themselves almost, almost, but not quite, look like maple leaves. Depend on how you look at them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like skinny maple leaves. They look like super tiny skinny maple leaves. It's like a dis- shape. It's like maple leaf or maple leaf on a diet. Yeah. Like maple leaf that didn't eat enough maple leaf. So it lost weight because it didn't take in enough sugar. When I started saying this in my head, it was going somewhere. It funny. was going somewhere. I'm trying to follow you, but. Um, it was good. It was supposed to be funny and witty, but now it's been like a couple of okay. seconds. Yeah. It's not funny no, anymore. Let's move on. Okay. okay. So, but yeah, it does look like <laughs> maple leaf if you're familiar with it, but it is a very rich, dark green color. And I must say, it's also very tasty. Um, but I am biased because I grew up eating Iwidu. Mm-hmm. And Iwidu is delicious. And let's move on. By the way, do you know that where I got this particular juice, it was pretty cheap. I got a box for $5. Oh. Just so you know. Since you like Iwidu. I don't eat Iwidu, but you know, you like it. I know where you can get it really cheap. Hook, hook is a syrup. Hook yeah. is a syrup. So yeah, it's yeah. a Middle Eastern store in the, in the West End. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Now, to make fakoi, you'll need lamb, of course. Your lamb is typically chopped into pieces or cubed. Then you have fakoi powder. So if you're in Mali, they'll likely sell it already ground, but it was very difficult for me to find here. I found a Middle Eastern store, and they were selling the leaves in a box. They were already dried, so I actually just ground them in the blender. It didn't take long because it was already dried, easy to grind. So some people say you can use dates, you can use tamarind, whichever one you prefer. I already had tamarind, and I wasn't going to waste it, so I'm using that. They use shea butter, edible shea butter. I know, I just saw Yemi's face. Don't worry, I didn't put shea butter in the food. You know, everybody, like, I'm trying to describe my own face without sounding weird, but it's like shocked Pikachu face, like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think there is edible shea butter. I didn't find anything online that specified food grade. Like when I was trying to get it on Amazon or something, because what you see here is the one that people mostly use in their hair Mm -hmm. and skin. So I found um, food grade cocoa butter online. It actually specifies, but I couldn't find anything that said like food grade shea butter. And I don't know what the difference is. So I was like, no, I'm just going to play it safe and not use shea butter at all. I saw a recipe that said you can use oil, just regular vegetable oil as a substitute. So I used that. I think I actually used ghee. Um, You need some fresh tomatoes. You need locust beans. Which is called Iru in some places, Dawa Dawa in some Iru places. Iru is a Yoruba word. It's Iru is Sumbala, Yoruba. actually. In Mali, they call it Sumbala. So then. In Yoruba words, Iru. Okay, but, fine. But Sumbala, since we are in Mali. Okay. Let me say some people. Yoruba people, call our names. <laughs> say our names. <laughs> From looking at the different Fakoi recipes, though, I think that some people make a few changes. So, like, there was a recipe that called for dried fish powder, but I didn't use that. Um, you can have onions and garlic. Onions and garlic are optional, but I used it for extra flavor. You need salt, pepper, a bouillon cube. Salt and pepper is needed to taste. And then you have something called a fakoi spice blend. And this was why I hit my first huddle. Because nobody could tell me what is in this blend. So a lot of the time they were referencing the brand of a particular spice blend. And so oh, and yeah. that blend is probably only really found in Mali. In Mali, exactly. Oh. So I couldn't find anything that actually documented what was in it. And what made me worried was that different websites said different things. So some said you can get away with cloves. Another one said you can get away with paprika. And I'm like, uh I even reached out to a couple bloggers mm-hmm. and the one person that got back to me, I was so excited. I remember telling Yemi, oh, I got a response, I got a response. And she sent it in French. And I was not reading it. I was like, uh, uh, 
okay and then basically the response was like honestly i don't know what you can use to substitute it if you don't have that particular fakoi spice blend i was like well then so i went online tried to interpret a few things that i saw on facebook and different things and i came up with my own version of a fakoi spice blend guys and honestly it's not your fault like that's part of why we do we this do stuff this, right? to yeah. document some of the difficulty in creating some of our at-home dishes right mm-hmm. so yeah good effort you reached out to bloggers you at least put I even, in that extra yeah. work i even tried to find the ingredient section of the ingre- of the pack they were referring to and i was looking for pictures that would show the back of that brand and i couldn't get anything but what i went with was one tablespoon of each of the the um, spice blends I'm about to mention, each of the spices, and they seem to work well. I mean, the food tasted decent. So it was a teaspoon each of aniseed, cumin, cinnamon, black pepper, onion powder, and ground cloves. Mm-hmm. And I just mixed that up together as one blend and used as needed. Okay. So hopefully that worked. And I must say for our listeners, Ijeoma does a very good job of making her own spices. I have to say, <laughs> I remember at least it must have been two or three years ago now, like she was playing around with making spices and she had books and everything yeah for me it was uh kind of weird because i'm like who sits down and makes their own spice blend just go to the store and buy spice but that no idea. my sister over here <laughs> she went and collected books from the library i was and started making her own it's pretty good so you know when it comes to certain things i do trust her so thank you it's just i was trying to find a way to make Don't it let profitable your head Don't let and i was it. like oh, this looks like a lot of work it and does. then i got tired <laughs> It was a lot of work. I was that like, damn. One, one business venture that I've shelved for now. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, so you want to make this fakoi. How you do it is you start with um, chopping your tomatoes, onion, and garlic. You can do it by hand or you can use like a food processor to do it. Because you don't want it blended. You just want them chopped. You fry the mix in a little bit of oil. And then you add your lamb. Uh, I We've talked about this a couple of times. I cannot just add something without first seasoning the meat. Like I, I can't put raw meat into oil and fry it if i haven't seasoned it first with at least salt and pepper so i did that so when that's frying you then add your bouillon cubes your locust beans and your tamarind now when you're adding your tamarind you have to actually before you add your tamarind you have to dissolve it in a little bit of hot water the same would go if you were if you were working with dates you would dissolve that in hot water and then you add that to the mix Mm -hmm. then you add the fakoi blend the spice blend we talked about salt and some water and allow that to cook for a short while maybe like five between five and ten minutes now, while that's cooking, you're going to take your fakoi and then you're going to add either shea butter or ghee or oil, as the case may be. You but add like that. the cooking grade shea butter. Yeah, the cooking grade. Yes, okay. please, please, guys. Um, we cannot vouch for the shea butter if it doesn't say food grade. Mm-hmm. I don't know the difference. I don't know if the one we use on our skin is edible as is, but it has to be food grade. Yeah. And just, do you cook on low heat or high heat? Medium. Medium heat, okay. Yeah. Like well, if you're doing your meat, I I'd like to sear my meat first and then cook it more slowly so it's browned. Mm-hmm. But once you start to add everything else, I would say do that on medium heat. Okay. So now you take your fakoi powder, which is the ground leaves, and you incorporate your butter or your ghee or your oil into it. Just kind of work it through. So you still when you're done with it, you still have like powder, but it's a bit darker now because of the oil in it. It's not clumpy still powdery i'll post the recipe so you will see the quantity of stuff to use and then you'll see you add enough to make it darker and then you now add the powder into the sauce until it's mixed and then you're supposed to cook it according to the instructions for an hour and a half on low heat and that is where the problem began because there's a lot of drama here okay all right so the fakoi you're gonna see in the pictures 
is apparently not what it's supposed to look like. And Ijema will go into some of the dramatics. But however, again, this is part of why we're doing this. We're just going to give you guys how it is. What we did. What we did. We're not trying to be perfect. We're just trying to be, you know... What tumbling, you wanted versus trumbling what you through got. meals. <laughs> exactly. But um, the Fakoy, as I said, Ewedu itself is a really dark green. So the Vakoy itself comes off as pretty dark green, actually. I need to emphasize yeah. on the dark. Actually, if you had all the right ingredients and cooked it traditionally, Fakoy comes out black. So the color wasn't even that off. All right. So yeah. it's a dark green to almost black. Mm-hmm. And um, w- the one we have is like a very thick pasty soup. Mm-hmm. but not necessarily fluid. So it was less fluid than what we eventually saw when we looked at other pictures online. Mm-hmm. But again, we wanted to give it to you guys exactly how we made it, see what we did. So that way you don't even make the same mistakes, right? Um, Plus, I didn't want to make it twice. What you see is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There's that. Yeah. And if you see the pictures, you kind of see what we're getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing about jute leaves or molokia, whichever one you call it, is that when you cook it, once it comes in contact with water, it gets like, it has a slippery consistency, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So I saw that when it first started cooking, I was like, well, this sounds about right. But then it's not supposed to be as slippery as when you make it as a way to, because when you make it as a way like in Nigeria, I think you just beat it with water mm-hmm. and then you add it to a sauce or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as slippery as that, but it was slippery enough that I could see the jute characteristic coming out. So I was like, okay, this is good. But then, like, 10 minutes later, we're not even 30 minutes into the one hour and a half. I was like, this thing is, it was bubbling like a cauldron. It was like thick black Mm -hmm. bubbles in a pot. And I was like, well, it's also a very thick cauldron. It looked like something out of a spell. So I was getting nervous. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, man, I need to add more water. So I added water. This thing was thick. And the thing is, I I was using a non-stick pot. So at some point, I was like, I came back and checked on it and I ran the spoon through the pot and I was like, is this thing burning? So I now turned it, mixed it. Now the problem is that it's black already. So if it burns, I don't even know. As I sit before you hear me, I don't know if I served you bonds food or not. So <laughs> this thing was thick. I added water and I was like, maybe the Molokia um, amount was too much, like the jute leaf, mm-hmm. the fakoi, sorry, maybe it was too much fakoi. I think that was what happened. But that may have been why it was so thick because I added water. Then I started adding more spice. I was like, not again. How many times has this happened? At some point, I was like, I cannot make this thing any lighter than it is in terms of consistency. I just turned it, turned it. I was like, well, you eat with your eyes. So if you can't see it's burnt, you won't know. Mm. This so, is true. This is true. <laughs> so it's very possible yeah, I mean, you ate a burnt plate of fruit, but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when you tasted it, mm-hmm. what did you think? Ah. Uh, interesting it was nice i think it was different because again um fakoi the leaf or jute or whatever you call it is not something that i have ever eaten more than maybe once in my life and it has its own very distinct flavor it does right these words may not seem very concrete but what came to mind was dark earthy and deep it was a struggle but what i know i did like was and maybe I'm biased because it was lamb because every time a lamb dish is made a lamb flavor cuts through a lot of things and adds its own and so I like that a lot I think I would have enjoyed the fakoi more if it wasn't as thick because I found maybe that it was a bit overpowering because of the thickness mm-hmm. it's possible if it's something that you eat with like rice and stuff I think it's a good dish um another thing I think I tasted near the end was like a slightly nutty bitterness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
for me, what I tasted was, yeah, this, I can tell that this leaf is definitely what has made this dish what it is. Okay. Yeah. How many times have you had a weedy before having this dish? Now that I think about it, I thought I'd had it at your place, but it's possible I've never had it at no, all. No, I've never made it for you. But I think I've smelt it before, so it was familiar mm-hmm. to me. And I've seen someone, like, make it with water, like, mix it. So that was familiar. Yeah, so for me, I grew up, essentially, like, having a lot of it. It's one of those things, you know, when you eat it a lot and you grow up, by like, I'm going to take a long break. <laughs> um... This will kind of fit into what I thought about it. Because growing up, you have a way to, as Ijoma described, it's much lighter. And you have it, again, with some form of tomato sauce or stew. So you don't eat a way on its own. It's an accompaniment to something else. So for me, Emeka, it tasted, it, it tasted familiar. Like, it tasted like the thick, leafy green. And I don't mean thick in terms of consistency. I just mean the unique taste of a wedu or the jute leaf the unique taste came through right away it mm-hmm. is something that is pretty hard to describe because of just how unique it is yeah that's that's um, struggling now the struggle i had is that i never eat it by itself it's always been an accompaniment to something else with like a stew because with like a stew okay. like and i don't eat it with rice really some people do because i know a couple of people that do like relatives and stuff they actually would eat it with rice but for me, it was weird mm. trying to eat it by itself, even though I know you had all the other spices and things in it, but the flavor of the jute leaf is so strong. Yes. Like it just was, it's it's like, okay. Because I remember after I ate it, I texted you. I was like, oh, I just ate a widow. <laughs> I was like, no, you ate fakoy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> really? The only reason why I thought I have used too much of the, of the malachi is just because of the consistency. But it might be that it's strong on its own. Yeah, it is a very strong tasting leaf. Mm-hmm. It is a delicious leaf, but it's usually yeah. an accompaniment to something else. Now, okay, I tasted it on its own. Mm-hmm. Give it a good old college try. Mm-hmm. And then I made some stew and some swallow. Oh my and God. then ate it. <laughs> this girl turned Fako into a wedu. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes, like, again, good old college try, I tasted it. I was like, oh, this is nice. You know what would be even nicer in my (laughs) belly? And so it is delicious. Like, I think it's something worth trying. Dishes like this make me happy. And the reason I say so is that it reminds me just how connected we all are. Yes. Right? It's the same leaf. And actually, in Nigeria, there are a lot of people now that because of just how much work it takes to take off the Ewedu leaf from the stem. A lot of our generation just buys it, like, dried. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. So, and now you'll find a lot of people that actually just, even when they get it, it might be a whole family hanging out together and they take off the leaves and they just dry it and then they store it. Another reason a lot of people do this is because there's inconsistent power supply in Nigeria. So rather than having leaves that you put in the freezer or something that gets spoiled, you just dry it and blend it when you have electricity and then you store it for use mm-hmm. later. And it actually does hold its flavor very well, yeah. whether it's fresh or dried. And that's one thing that's really good about it. It's also very nutritious. So, yeah, would recommend uh, maybe not a stick, but uh, would definitely recommend um, <laughs> as, a, as a meal for sure. As long as it's with stew and swallow. By that, she means she made, like, what I call it, amalau fufu. What did you make? I made pounded yam. Okay, so... So, pounded yam is... Is yam that is pounded. Yeah, pretty much. Imagine if you had mashed potatoes, but with yam. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, and by (laughs) yam, we don't mean sweet potato. We mean another kind of yam. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
pretty much it. Like, I really enjoy it. Gemma seemed to have enjoyed it, but we both would have liked it a little bit lighter. Yeah. And uh, I need to learn to widen my horizons and not convert <laughs> everything to something that I'm super familiar with. I feel like you've done this like two other times. You know what? I'm a woman of the continent. Okay. okay. I bring us all together. On a plate. I'm intercontinental oh, by yeah, design. Bringing <laughs> us together on a plate. Look you at know. you. <laughs> all right, people. This is the end of our episode today. This is the end of our show. We want to thank you for listening to us and to our foolishness today. Well, if we were foolish, but I really don't think we no, were. We're not, we're not like that. No, we're we, have, cool. we have manners. We're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Uh, Sophisticated people. <laughs> yeah. We are really excited to be back with you after our break. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in two weeks, bringing you a new dish from another country not too far from Mali. Till next time. See ya. Thank you for listening. While the podcast airs every two weeks, we have a backlog of episodes just waiting for you to enjoy. The show is a collaboration between Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. African My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co-hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, visit both Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. With Tunuka Media, you'll find out about more shows produced which aren't necessarily food-related, while on 234 Pantry, you will get more food-related content. For example, Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host. All the links with the relevant information to connect with us are located in the show notes. Like, subscribe, and share within your community. We'd also really love for you to give the show a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts.